Hey, it's your boy Frank D, aka Dougie Free Blood, aka the Free One, aka Flawstar No Love, and I'm coming back at you again with another episode of Flawstar Radio. It's been a minute, man. A lot of things have taken place since the Root for the Villains episode. Which was a really dope episode. Check it out if you haven't. But so many things have happened since then, man. But, you know, we're going to keep it fresh. We're going to keep it new. R.P. Cope Bryant and his daughter, of course. And all the victims of that accident. And, man. What a world. What a world. But, um... Speaking of new things, I just watched the trailer for Chris Rock's new movie. If you didn't know, he's doing a horror or crime movie based on the Saw movies. So he's producing and starring in it along with Samuel L. Jackson. And... um, my first impression was, eh. you know, I it's hard for me to imagine Chris Rock in a dramatic role, like a fully dramatic role. He just always seems to be just doing Chris Rock. Like even in the trailer, he hit immediately, it was just like, oh, that is... Like you don't know if it's what's supposed to be a funny movie. Is he is he supposed to be a funny guy? Like <laughs> even the last scene of the trailer was like kind of funny. Like he he was chained up to a pipe with a saw in his hand, and, and for some reason he just looked really funny. So I think it said it comes out in May. My prediction is it might not do so well. And I just hate that he pulled Uncle Sam Jackson in that thing. Because Sam's going to do his thing regardless. I don't know, man. I hope they do some test screenings or something if this reaches the ears of Chris Rock. Let me let me test screen that thing for you, man. Let me, let me give you some feedback. Okay. I'm no expert, but you know, I, I know good movies. I'm a fan. I'm a consumer. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. You know, we're in that age of remakes and reimaginings now. And to give him credit, comedians have been, they have a great track record of making really good dramatic movies. You know, from Jon Favreau, making the Iron Man movies and he directed the Lion King remake and he created the Mandalorian fantastic track record Jordan Peele of course Get Out Us he produced the new Twilight Zone you know he's making his mark in all these other venues you know he's producing a lot of things he's a comedian so you know, Chris Rock, he isn't new to it. 
you know he's been around he it's not his first time producing a movie i think he also uh, produced and directed top five and i don't know I, I would probably need to watch that again i saw it in the theaters and it wasn't really memorable i think i think chris rock works best in ensemble casts where he can feed off of others and like add a little flavor to scenes. I think it's hard for him to really command a scene by himself or speaking with just one other person. I think he's good. He's good by himself, I think. He can convey a lot physically without even speaking. But um the monologuing, I think because he does stand up so well and his style is very narrative and monologue-like, I think when he does it in movies, you automatically think about the stand-up Chris Rock and it totally takes you out of the character of the movie of what he's trying to do. So... But it's a lot harder for you to see that if he's in smaller doses in an ensemble cast. He can just come in and out. He can shine. And you know, um, he was in Dolomite is my name very briefly. But he definitely was that character. He wasn't Chris rocking that character. Of course, he had on makeup and costume and the wig and things like that but he was able to get into that character and convey a point he didn't sound like regular Chris Rock um what's another example of a Chris Rock movie um he was in the classes of course like New Jack City that was a dramatic role he wasn't even trying to be funny yet. well he wasn't being funny and dope by my name either but um that was like his biggest dramatic role um but yeah. Good luck. I hope I hope I hope I'm wrong and the movie is dope. Because Chris Rock is dope. Um Tambourine was dope. That Netflix special he did. So he definitely hasn't lost it. But then again that's on the stand up stage and not, you know, executive producing a horror slash crime drama. Those are big shoes to fill, um, especially when you have the likes of Samuel L. Jackson at the helm. So, good luck to Chris Rock. But, um, Fostar Radio, man, what is happening in the world, man? You know, something that really caught my attention. I don't, I'm not usually big into news, but the headline came across that um, Hillary Clinton was basically just shitting on Bernie Sanders. And, I, and so I read the article. I'm like, damn, really? If you haven't heard about it, basically she was saying he's a career politician and nobody really likes him in the Senate. And 
you know, I don't want to misquote her. If you want to look it up, you can, if you haven't already heard about it. But I'm like, damn, lady, like, number one, you already technically beat him last time around. You know, like, why would you have to say anything about him? It's not like he beat you and you felt like you were the better candidate. You beat him. Number two, you're not in the race now. So why would you even comment on him like that? Number three, why would you make the Democratic Party even more divisive than it already is? If you really care about the Democratic Party and you care about the state of America, why would you be so petty and so irresponsible with your words? Like, come on, Hillary, man. You got to do better than that. Like, you're not in the race. Like, why would you even comment? You're not in the race. But it definitely shed light on that the whole email leak when it came out that like the DNC was plotting against Bernie Sanders. Makes sense. Like either Hillary told him to do it or they really don't like him. Which is even worse because that means he'll literally never win. Um and that sucks for America. Because another headline, another recent headline was that Bernie, on the first day, his first day is first day of office, he's gonna legalize marijuana. He said it, guys. He said it. He said it. Who's not rooting for that? You know, that makes life easier for everybody. Everybody. You know, cops don't have to trip about it. Consumers don't have to trip about it. Uh, you know what I mean? It can be properly regulated as pharmaceuticals should be. But you don't see anybody going to jail over pharmaceuticals. But, you know, that's a different story. But so that's what I'm saying. Let them legalize it, man. Like, these pills are out of control, and everybody knows that. And there's no reform or um, abolishment of pills. Why not? You did it with alcohol. You damn near do it with cigarettes. With the price and the laws. Like, why not with these pills, you know? Anyway, this is why I recently said, because of those comments that Hillary made, and because of Bernie Sanders saying that he wants to legalize marijuana on his first day, I'm like, man, I need to start watching the news, son. And I need to really start getting involved in this whole political circus. But you know, I came to the conclusion that the reason why the more people aren't engaged in the political circus is number one, because it is a circus. Like we watch enough reality TV already 
like who needs it on the political stage it's just like oversaturation at this point you know like they're being dramatic is just blurring the whole perspective it doesn't stand out like it's not cool it's not as cool as they think it is like it's really embarrassing if anything but also it's so highly political and classist and money-based now when it comes to politics and corporate America that it doesn't really affect everyday America. Not as much as it has in the past. Um, Because Trump definitely doesn't give a damn. Like, Hillary obviously doesn't give a damn. Like, we don't really ever give a damn until it affects us directly. Like, when 9-11 happened and the Iraq war started right after that, um, people were like, it affected people directly. Like, 9-11 affected people directly. People wanted to sign up for the military. They wanted to support the president. Um, when Obama came around, a lot of his laws affected people directly. Obamacare affected a lot of people directly. Like, that's something they wanted to vote for. They wanted to be involved and keep it going. But, like, and, like, with Trump, that's why I kind of don't understand. That kind of fucks up my argument. Because the shit he's done has been atrocious. And, like... He said he was going to do everything that he did. Like, he he said he was going to go ham on immigrants and build a wall. Like, and people still voted for him. So, and people didn't vote against him. I think that's, that's the thing. Like, people didn't vote against him. But people, a lot of people voted for him. But, like, when shit get bad, people usually vote the other way real quick. So, when the candidates is worth it. I feel like Bush would have lost the second election. W. Bush. He would have lost the second election if it was a viable candidate he was facing. But who was he going against? Uh, Kerry? No, he wasn't going to win that. Like, um, so Bernie would beat Trump, I think, but the Senate won't let him. They won't, the DNC won't even let him get by. The, they just had the Iowa caucus. Some guy, I don't even, what's his name? Vinegar. Uh, what's his name? Budapest. I'm, I've, like, I, I, like I said, I, I didn't really watch the news before, but I had never even casually heard of him. And I've heard of at least most of the candidates just through watching SNL. I'm like, I've never fucking heard of Pete Budapest. And he, he, he is winning by less than a percent. That sounds like a setup already. It's... And like nobody's, if if I haven't heard of him, 
it's probably a lot of Americans who haven't heard of him. So, if it's him versus Trump, they're gonna be like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm just not gonna vote. And then all the Trump voters will vote. Or either, like, I don't know this guy. At least I know Trump. I'm just gonna vote for him. That's, it's, it's already in the cards, man. If Iowa is the litmus test, then we're in trouble. Because obviously, you know Trump is going to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. He just beat the impeachment thing, so he's not getting kicked up out of there. That was the first defense, the first and only defense that anybody ever had that was anti-Trump. We can impeach him. Now we can't. We just, we're shown that we can't. So, that'll be the next four years. Most likely, if the DNC keeps fucking over Bernie Sanders, um, because we all we all know that the popular vote doesn't count anyway. It's up to the electoral college, like it's up to the 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 powers that be. Literally, nothing to do with the common Americans. So if they're tired of Trump, then Bernie will win. Um. But if the corporations are really in charge, then, yeah, Trump's in that bitch another four years. That's a fact. It's, uh, people didn't believe me when I said he was going to win the first time. And I'm never saying that I'm pro-Trump. I never said I was pro-Trump. But it's just like, the signs show it. They're written all over the walls, man. They don't try to hide this stuff. They, they give it to you like it is, man. They just give you something to chew the fat about. Literally, that's all it is, man. That's like a saying for having a conversation is chewing the fat. And the fat is all the shit that don't make sense, all the shit that's not relevant that people go to work and talk about at the water cooler or with their desk mate or with their cubicle neighbor or with their coworker in the lounge. That's, that's all it is. It's the fat. Like the meat, we never get to. It, it, it never sticks around. You know what I'm saying? Like, team, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we just be chewing the fat, man. I'm, man. That's the, what all the news is, is just the fat. We can change all the news networks to just the fat. And... I promise you, if you watch the news and look at it that way, you'll be like, yeah, this is a lot of fat. Like, the meat they usually only give you a very tiny sampling of. Like, and the meat is the news that's actually relevant to you or your community. Like, I hate when I see, I watch the news and they give me a story that happened in Texas. Why are you giving me a story that happened in Texas? Like, it's not even national news. It's just this one thing that happened in Texas. For what? Like, you're wasting time. And, and then don't spend... You spend, what, five minutes talking about that and a minute and a half talking about something tragic that happened around the corner from me and give the fewest details and move on like it never happened. No follow-up. So, news is the fact. It's just the fact. But um, I could go on and on, man. But um, 
I'm, it's not a political show. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's five star radio, five star. You know what I mean? Dougie throw their thing, and uh, I'm gonna get into some tracks. Um, R.I.P. Kobe Bryant once again. I did this track like maybe a few days before his accident, and I just happened to shout him out. Uh, I guess the story behind it is my cousin uh, was talking about a battle rap on Facebook, and I commented on it because I watch battle rap too. And he was like, he was like, "Cuz you can like out, you can out rap all of them." Give him a quick eight bars right quick. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, you know what? If you tell me a beat, then I'm going to spit a track over it and I'm going to upload it. And he's like, okay, do this uh, eight ball MJG beat. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it took me a minute to find it. But uh, I found it. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like, And it, it came like it was nothing in at the, in the second verse, I happened to shout out Kobe Bryant. Um, and it's crazy because a few days after that, the accident happened. So it's just nuts. So shout out to Kobe Bryant. Definitely inspiration to a lot of people. Yeah, i go ahead and get into it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they want me to tell them What's the scent that they smelling? That's that whole get a cologne And that fuck nigga repelling I'm an intelligent gentleman These fuck niggas just telling Even when nobody asking They voluntarily ratting They steady sharing the info Till I tear them in half Bitch, yeah, they sharing that info Now they sharing the casket I ain't quit my fucking job They had to pay me to leave I'm off the chain They couldn't tame a nigga crazy as me At least they tell the world you crazy If you ain't on your knees But I ain't kiss her ass or suck up Yeah. You need 
made by 80 blue pills to come my heart is my last shit. Yeah. You need by 80 blue pills to come my heart is my last shit. Yeah. Hey. Super random, but it came random in my life, so I'm introducing it random into your life. An Instagram ad that showed, uh, uh, I don't want to, it's not a device. It's more like a contraption. Uh, that... A mechanism is definitely mechanical. It has mechanics in it. It's mechanically involved for wheelchairs that it's like a handle, uh, some kind of a leverage system. I don't know, but it allows someone who is in a wheelchair to maneuver some handles and make them stand up upright so in a matter of motions they can go from sitting down to standing upright and the reason is for doors and locks and cabinets and things they couldn't reach otherwise and it's brilliant and very helpful but my first thing was that that can be kind of terrifying because it's basically like they're a transformer and if that happened like if I was at the grocery store next to somebody in the sh- at the shelf in that aisle and they all of a sudden like transform into standing up next to me. I would, I would, I would, I would be freaked out. I would probably jump back like, oh shit. <laughs> no offense. That's cool. No, no, that's cool. But damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, yikes. Transformers, man. Human transformers. What can you do? That ain't the baby, that's my baby. Uh, yeah, hey, even this shit crank. It's all my shit, nigga. La, la, bitch, I'm still a hood, nigga. Eating noodles on the porch. I ain't got no L, still dry this bitch to court. Insurance lapped twice, but my cuz got the plug, so I'm good for a minute. I'm just sliding through the hood. To myself, one seven of the goods. Dutchy masters only, I ain't fucking with the woods. OG Black and Miles, nigga, I ain't freaking shit. Nah, you can't have my backs, I gotta share this with my bitch. You know why they call me shooter? Cause I'm really with the shits. On the playground, robbing kids for they Twix. Had to up the Tuli cause my barber wasn't shit. He got lucky that I didn't get the shooting in this bitch. Took that nigga Clippers, I ain't paying for this shit. Man, I love self scan. 
Can't pay for that, but taking this. Middleman the bow took an ounce out that bitch. And I did your bitch taxes. She ain't getting back shit. Yeah, I hit your baby mama. Kids call me Uncle Shooter. I ain't gotta buy no henny. She get to it off a of cooler. Freaky little bitch. Got my thumb in her booty. Had to hit her on the floor. The bed was louder than the music. 40 ball king. You can get it if I got it. You can earn an extra 10 if you smuggle these narcotics. And I ain't scrapping shit. If I got it, then I'm popping. You get hit, then that's on you. Swear to God, that ain't my problem. You ain't world starring shit, bitch. I put that on my mama. I'll stunner your bitch ass. Then I'll leg drop your toddler. I'll roundhouse your sister, cut. DDT your father. I'll shoot this bitch up if you short me on the dollar, So recently, I've been doing um, having an album of the day to help my day be more fluid and efficient. Kind of like a soundtrack to get me moving. I feel like if you know the if it, if it's an album playing, I can't just sit around. You know what I'm saying? And be non-productive. You know, it makes me be proactive and progressive if I'm going along to a track. So, I've been having an album of the day. And, you know, classic albums that I like, uh, that I don't listen to often or I haven't listened to in a while. Um, so, for example, I listened, uh, to the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill one day, um, the Eminem show one day, um, a few different things, a lot of different selections, um, and I, I didn't know that it would lead me down all of these other rabbit holes and theories so I'm gonna dedicate the rest of this to those theories that came about from my album of the day choices so the first one is light the second one is a little deeper and the third one is also a little deeper so the first one like I said one of my choices was the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Very popular album. Very dope album. Won a bunch of Grammys. It was her first solo debut. Um, nothing but hit singles from it. But it definitely was not a pop album. It was very much hip-hop. Very much soul. Very much R&B. Uh, nothing about it said sell out it was just a masterful piece of work from the cover art to the skits um, to the production to the features nothing bad I can say about that album which is why you know 
it was a good choice for album of the day. But then I, I, I started thinking about how that album would translate today. And I was like, wait a minute. It, it, it almost happened, but somebody dropped the ball. If you remember the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill album, um, she had just left the Fugees. People didn't know if she could do it on her own. Well, I'm sure it was doubt, but it was also way more people that knew she was gonna be a star. She had already done um, the movie way early on, so we knew she could act. We knew she could sing, we knew she could rap. So really like, it was like, what is your debut gonna be? It was a lot of hype. Also on that album, she um, revealed that she was pregnant the whole time she was recording it and she dedicated a whole song to her son and how like new motherhood was and how, how she was stepping into that role like in front of the world and it was masterfully done in addition to that everybody knew that she could sing she definitely had the songs where she showed her voice um, she had the pop hits and she also had the bars and she didn't she this was what 97 98 so her competitors were Lil Kim and Foxy Brown and she was nothing like either one of them it was nothing sexual about her lyrics uh, it was nothing gangster about her lyrics she just but she had bars and she could hang with the best of them um because her background was like different. Her background was like New Jersey and she really put on for the New Jersey on that album. Um, shouted it out a bunch of times. Um, and it was just a fantastic, like she, she delved into different genres um, with the features from Carlos Santana um, she had the throwback vibes on there. She had features from some of the heavyweights, D'Angelo, Mary J. Blige. Was that Mary? No. Was that Mary J. Blige? Shit. I think it was Mary J. Blige. Now I gotta look it up. But anyway, Carlos Santana, like I said, um, it was crazy. So, and she executed it. I mean, that's why she won all those Grammys because she she, she even did a, a cover. Um, the You're Just So Good To Be True killed that. Like that, yeah, it was 90, she recorded in 97, came out in 98. So yeah, her that was her contemporaries like Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown. And I think maybe Missy Elliott came out a little bit after this, but she was just totally different from 
anything that we had seen, especially when it comes to the rapping well and the singing well. And she killed it. Yeah, there was Mary J. Blige on there. Um, but I started thinking, like, if that came out right, who? how is that similar to something that happened right now? And Drake came to mind. After, I mean, we know that Drake had one of the greatest runs in hip-hop that we've ever seen from from the beginning. He he got with Wayne. He found this vibe, linked with the right people, made all the right songs, made all the right moves, dated all the right women. You know what I'm saying? Like, killed the, all the beefs that he was in from Common to Meek Mill. But then Pusha T came up. And he... he Pusha T was actually, he'd been there. He'd been dissing Drake. He had been dissing Drake for a long time. And, but Drake didn't really say shit about it. And it was fine. Drake was doing his thing still unscathed. Even after the Joe Budden, Joe Budden released like three songs against Drake. And Drake still came out that came out on top without making a full song directed towards Joe Budden. So so Drake was winning, but he responded to the Pusha T disc that was on Pusha T's album Daytona. And then everything changed after that. Like had Drake not have responded, we, it, it would be a whole different landscape in hip hop. The Scorpion album would be totally different. The Scorpion album could be more like the miseducation of Lauren Hill. And even after the Pusha T disc, it still could have been more like the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Because he damn he he definitely did half and half, half singing, half rapping. Literally it's a double disc, half singing, half rapping. He got the pop tunes, key key, do you you know what I mean? It wasn't everything is everything. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that thing, doo-wop, that thing from, you know. And But we know Drake can, has made those kind of songs and can make those kind of songs. Like, But he kind of missed the boat on that one. And he, he tried to overcompensate so hard because of that beef. Like the song's had a rougher edge, a, a harder tone. You know, he had some subtle disses to push a T, harder beats, like a lot more tough talk. You know, like when the world enjoys like the take care, nothing was the same Drake. Like there was no tough talk on those albums because he didn't have to like do that. The mixtape Drake from back in the day there was no tough talk there. He he couldn't do that. Everybody knew his thing. So it's like he is dope just for his bars and what he says and how he says it. Like he's the personal guy. He's the guy that is fantastic at talking about relationships and talking about what it's like to be alone and famous and isolated. 
Like, he's there for that. Like, we have other rappers for the Tough Guy Talk. But that's all he gave us on Scorpion. Had he gone back to the mixtape Drake. Because So Far Gone is like a baby of Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. It's a You wouldn't have that without Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Because the balance of like rapping bars putting on for your place but also really just singing your heart out and writing these deep emotional songs and putting them next to these um top hit records like it was there and that was the perfect time for drake to do that to to make a song instead of just you know mentioning your son in a few lines like you could have did like a to zion track like how lauren hill did where you telling the world like hey this isn't just a show or a publicity stunt like i really love my son he's the world of me and just like singing your heart out i mean he's done it before like we've he's done it in bars he's done it in singing like for songs with songs like for his mom for his family like we've seen it like for women so it's like this was your chance to do that so i was like damn drake you you missed a shot um and i don't even think he he gives a fuck now like he's just because he he's he still didn't really lose he still had the number one album. Like, he's still the man. Everybody still loves him. So it's like, he, does, he doesn't really have anything to prove. Because he's been hit and bounced back. And he's also been hit and not bounced back. But still got up. Like... Because it's not like he made better music after the Pusher T thing. I don't think anybody would say that. Like, he's made better music since then. His his prom was, like I said, the take care, nothing was the same, Drake. That's that's when he, he learned that I can do the mixtape thing. And I can also have these big records. And still, you know, I still don't have to be the tough guy. I can just be the boy, you know, the dude that guys want to hang out with, the, the dude that women love. But um, tough guy Drake, man, he's divisive. And um, and I, I think he uh, is one of his inspirations is Lauren Hill. I'm, he got a tattoo of everybody. I'm pretty sure he got a tattoo of her. He got a he need to reach back, man. Him and Forty, man, they gotta they gotta reset. But the next thing I guess he's doing is the the thing with future. So that's not a reset button. But who knows, man? Maybe maybe we'll get another artist that'll do it for him. Um, because there definitely hasn't been an album like Miseducation of Lauryn Hill since then. Um, and I think the the bar is too high for another woman to do it. But I think uh, it can be a male version of it done. 
you know, if Frank Ocean wanted to spit more bars, he could definitely do it. I think he's probably the closest one because um, he has that soul. You know, we haven't really heard soul from Drake. Really. Maybe a little bit on Take Care. He was singing with a little bit of soul. And like you can like feel him. Um, but ever since then, like, I don't know, man. He's been he's been on the tear bar-wise after that. Like nothing was the same. He had bars. Then he had the uh if you're reading this is too late, it was really bar heavy. Um and and then he started singing, but he it wasn't like Marvin's room singing. I think a lot of people related to that just because it wasn't glossy or glamorous. You know, even though he his his, this, his voice gives you that sense, but the words were not. It was not a happy song. But um, everything else seemed a lot more poppy after that. Like that's why I said "Take Care" had probably the most soul we've seen, and you definitely need the soul if you want to do anything in the realm of. Miseducation of Lauren Hill. But um that's just my take, man. And yeah, we'll get into um the other two things that came from my album of the day right after this. Making love and making making love, making 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 love, making making love, making love. Making, making love, making, making, making love, making, making love, making love, making, making love, making love on the steps. Making love, love, making love, making love, love, making love on the steps. Making love, love on the on the steps. Hey baby, I know I gave you a hard time about. Giving them a hard time at Red Lobster about giving you extra biscuits to take home. And I know I still ask for half of them. I know, baby, but I'm willing to let bygones be bygones. See, I want to take you home and show you my pullout. And I ain't talking about a couch, baby. See, I'm talking about an extended amount of passion. Right there on the love seat. Sponsored by a few Jose Cuevo shots. A few slices of lime. Just a little bit of adventure. Come on, baby. Let me show you what this love means. On this love seat. Making love on the Making, making love all up in on this love seat. Making, making love all up in on this love seat. Making, making love all up in on this love seat. Making, making love all up in on this love seat. Making, making love all up in on this love seat. Making, making love all up in on this love seat. Making, making love all up in on this love seat. Making, making love all up in on this love seat. Yo. So, 
for those that don't know, I forgot to mention that I'm accepting submissions for Indie Artist Track of the Podcast. So that was my first submission from a Mr. Uh, Diesel Flossington uh, called Making Love on Love Seat. So, uh, you know, if you have some feedback, you can, you know, hit me up on the YouTube page or my Instagram at Flossdog, YouTube Flossdog. Uh, let me know something about Mr. Diesel Flossington and Making Love on the Love Seat. But um, back to my album of the day theories. So, um, theory number two came about when I was listening to uh, the Eminem show. Eminem's third album. He won a bunch of Grammys for it. It sold a lot. It's a really, really dope album. It was actually one of my favorites growing up. One of my first albums that I bought. Um, back when people still bought CDs. It's one of my first ones. But um, I always held that album at a high regard. Definitely uh, felt like that was Eminem's best album. Um, it was really diverse. It wasn't just um, Slim Shady murder rap, horrorcore. He actually had bars on there. Songs with like meaning and substance. That's when he kind of started getting into his uh, motivational music more uh, with tracks like Soldier and uh, Sing for the Moment. You know, we see Eminem do the motivational kind of songs a lot later on in his career. But uh, that was a different Eminem that we saw. It was introspective. Um, he had just been in trouble with the law. Um with a gun, so you know, we got a introspective Eminem. Um, he had a beef with cannabis and Jermaine Dupri. We got a beef track in there. We got a posse cut with D12. You know, we got a classic with Nate Dogg, Till I Collapse. Um, one of the most player songs ever in Superman. So, you know, and we also had a a couple weird ones in there that I thought about a lot different listening to as an adult as opposed to when I was an innocent youth and listened to it the first time. And what I've been, first I kind of playfully noticed a few years ago how cleaning out my closet would sound really funny like for a white boy to be like screaming those lyrics. Like if it wasn't over a really dope beat and it was just a random white boy you heard um, yelling, uh, um, you selfish bitch, I hope you fucking burn in hell for this shit. Like, sounds really white. Um, I am dead, dead the US can be. Like, you know, you it that those are not bars that you would probably hear from a black guy or the black guys that were in rap at the time. Now it's a, it's a free game. Who knows what you'll hear from anybody these days? But especially then and before then, you wouldn't hear 
you know, any song dissing your mom. Every hip hop song before that was giving mom praise and love. You know, even Tupac says mom was a crack fiend, but in the same sentence, he says she was a black queen. So it was never dissing moms and hip hop before Eminem. And he did that like no one else. The cleaning out my closet. So it was always a joke to me that like just hearing white boys say, you selfish bitch, I hope you fucking burn your for this shit. And you know, all of those things. It was funny. But then when I was listening to it for album of the day, in the beginning, his first few bars are have you ever been hated or discriminated against? And I'm like, wait a minute. This tells me immediately that this song is not for black people, black hip hop fans, black hip hop youth. Because even at the age of 12, I had been hated or discriminated against already. So I'm like, well, no, you're not talking about me, Eminem. You're definitely talking to White America, which was the name of the song before that. And I also listened to that in a different light because that was the first song on the album. And mind you, this is Eminem's third album after his debut album was a success and his second sophomore album was an even bigger success. This was his third album, the first song on his third album was called White America and again he was not talking to his black fans at all he was talking directly to white America and so it made me think like damn like I never really thought about it as a kid listening to this album I just thought he was just you know saying some real shit which he was but I didn't know that it was directly aimed exclusively like he kind of like put his black fans to the side for like the first few songs on that album and then later on he went to a more traditional hip-hop scope and theme when you know he got his features with Obi Trice and Dr. Dre and D12 and Nate Dogg like those songs are a lot fucking different He's talking directly to his rap contemporaries on, uh, uh, what's that song? Um, ignorant, uh, sing for the moment. He's talking directly to rappers. Like they put our posters on the wall and they look up to us and we set this example. He's talking directly to who he's talking to. Um, and he's saying the same thing, I guess, on every other song. Like, every other song is very specific who his audience is. It's not general. It's not fantasy. Like I said, he is no more like Slim Shady murder shit unless you um, reach and say, my dad's gone crazy. But, like, even that wasn't Slim Shady murder kill shit. But every song had a specific message and a specific audience and specific shout outs like you had never heard Eminem before that point 
shout out as many rappers as he did on the album, which is another thing that I noticed on my recent listen. From Square Dance, at the end of Square Dance, he's shouting out Nas, Exhibit, like rappers he want to work with, rappers he has worked with, and rappers he don't fuck with. And he has his infamous list on Till I Collapse of his list of greatest rappers where he starts with Redman, Jay-Z, Tupac, Biggie, Nas, Andre from Outkast, like, and then him. And Corrupt is in there somewhere, too. But, um, you know, but we had never, like, before when Eminem did name drops on his first two albums, it was, like, pop celebrities, and it was some real cartoonish shit. But, like, this is our first time, like, this is, like, Eminem stepping into his... He, he knows that he's a dope rapper and he doesn't want people to just say it's because he's a white rapper, which is ironic because the first half of the album, not a, a, a first chunk of the album, Clean Out My Closet, White America, um, Square Dance, is kind of catered more to his white audience. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And so going deeper into it I started to think about like his list and he included Andre 3000 on that list and another recent podcast that I listened to that was Andre 3000 talking to Rick Rubin and Andre 3000 said that him and Eminem talk on the phone and talk about hip hop and it's not too many top 5 lists that don't include both Eminem and Andre 3000. So I was thinking like, how can they be compared? Um, Because they're both technically sound. um, But I think the thing that separates them is, well, definitely content. Andre 3000 can rap about things that Eminem can't rap about. Um... The album before Kamikaze, I forget the name of it, but Eminem tried to be political and it just didn't go over well. Um, No matter like where his heart is, it's not really his story to tell and he can't really do that. But Andre 3000 can do it masterfully and he did for a good chunk of the Outkast albums. Um, He called it a black experience and it was. Um, so that's one thing that separates them. And another thing is Andre 3000 being from the South automatically has an advantage because he can rhyme words that Eminem can't without sounding weird. And if you're a hip hop head, you definitely know what I mean. Like same thing with a Pimp C with a Big Crit, with a T.I., with a Bun B, like with a Gucci Mane, like it's certain words and certain slang that's exclusive to Southern artists and people from the Midwest and the West Coast and the Northeast can't really do that. Same thing with artists from the West Coast. They can say certain shit in certain ways and rhyme it in ways that others can't. And I think that's an advantage. Especially when you're as technically sound 
Taz and Andre 3000 or Big Boy or T.I. Um, I don't really count Ludacris in that because he's not really from the South. And his words, you can tell. He, he doesn't sound like a Southerner. Like, he can have Southern themes, but he doesn't sound born and raised here because he wasn't. But um, I think that's why I'll always edge Andre 3000 over Eminem just because Andre 3000 can tell stories that Eminem can't. Um, and he has a perspective that Eminem just doesn't. And But at the same time, he can make that same perspective universal and appealing like and like uh popular like prototype was a crazy song like for him and the video like it was like specifically his message but it, it appealed to so many people like hey ya was really like the lyrics said a lot but it was so damn catchy like people had no choice but to fuck with it so the rhythm of it like eminem can't really have that like it's a it's a a southern african-american thing like it's a different kind of soul element um going back to when i was talking about drake on demonstrating soul so much um I guess those albums, Take Care and uh, So Far Gone, when he had the Texas influence and like the slow down kind of sound, he demonstrated a little more soul um, because, you know, the South is soul. Like soul food, the white euphemized term for that is Southern style cooking. Like soul is the South. Like, so... It's not always the advantage, but it definitely, you know, it makes our sound more popular and gives it a, a different flavor. You know, even going to um, Battle Rap, the Battle Rapper Swamp is from South Carolina. and He has a deep accent, a deep Southern accent. He gets compared to Young T.I. a lot of the times, but people love it. And he also has the bars. So it just, it's even better. It's like painting with a different kind of paint. You know, like the, you have you can use the same techniques as Picasso, but because your paint is a little different, like your paint, your paintings come out a little different and get a di have a different gloss to it, have, has a different appeal to it. You know, some people like it the other way. You know, and that's just preference, but you can't deny the what you see in front of your face. You know, so an Eminem painting can be the same painting as Andre 3000. Like, for example, uh, uh, I guess two songs that are kind of comparable to them. One is a uh, Rabbit Run by Eminem that was on Eight Mile soundtrack, um, and the other one was. A Day in the Life of Benjamin, which was the last song on The Love Below, um, the Andre side of the the double disc. Um, both of those songs were telling like an extended narrative, like an autobiographical 
or in the rabbit runs case biographical because it was talking about b rabbit and like not eminem but both of those songs um are long as hell i think both of them are like about six minutes or something uh, the only difference is rabbit run has a hook um but it's still long and they both tell the story like um uh i would say eminem is like more traditional hip-hop because it has like a consistent boom bap kind of beat to it um and andre 3000s has a very uh unique beat unique production different sounds like i couldn't hear anybody else rapping over it and his style is so unique he that there's so many andre 3000 songs and verses um on that album alone that are just that sound so crazy that you can't hear anybody else rapping to it but um but they both tell a great story um and so that kind of demonstrates them like two different paintings because like i said there it's the same painting but they have different paint so you know they have a different gloss a different kind of appeal so some people I think would prefer Rabbit Run over a day in the life for the Benjamin and vice versa. Um, but I, I want I want to see a day where they do some work together, man, like in some capacity. Um, just trade some bars, man, kind of like how Andre 3000 and Q-Tip did for the Tribe album. Uh, that'll be something to see, man. Um, we got to get Andre 3000 some music out, man. Like, we only getting older. You might as well just let loose, man, what's in this vault. You know, why not, man? I think everybody wants to see that. But, um, but yeah, we'll see, hopefully. But those are definitely two of the goats, no doubt. Can't shut my mouth till the smoke clears out. 
and my hide. I'ma rip this shit till my bones. Till the roof comes on. Till the lights go out. Till my leg give out. Can't shut my mouth. Till the smoke clears out. And my hide. I'ma rip this shit till my bones. Music is like magic. There's a certain feeling you get when you reel and you speak. And people are feeling your shit. This is your moment. And every single minute you spin. Trying to hold on to it. Cause you may never get it again. So while you're in it, try to get as much shit as you can. And when you run it's over, just admit when it's in its end. Cause I'm at the end of my wits with half the shit that gets in. I got a list. Here's the order of my list that it's in. It goes Reggie, Jay-Z, Tupac, and Biggie. Andre from Outcast, Jada, Corrupt, Nas, and Thimmy. But in this industry, I'm the cause of a lot of envy. So when I'm not put on this list, the shit does not offend me. That's why you see me walk around like nothing's bothering me. Even though half you people got a fucking problem with me. You hate it, but you more respect you got to give me. The presence wet dream like Bob and your Whitney. Nay, kick me. Till the roof comes off, till the lights go out. Till my leg give out, can't shut my mouth. Till the smoke clears out, and my high. I'ma rip this shit till my bones pull out. Till the roof comes off, till the lights go out. Till my leg give out, can't shut my mouth. Till the smoke clears out, and my high. I'ma rip this shit till my bones pull out. Soon as a verse starts, I eat it at MC's heart. What is he thinking? I'm not to go against me smart. And it's absurd how people hang on every word. I probably never get the props I feel I ever deserve. But I'll never be served. My spot is forever reserved. If I ever leave Earth, that would be the death of me first. Cause in my heart of hearts, I know nothing could ever be worse. That's why I'm clever when I put together every verse. My thoughts are sporadic. I act like I'm an addict. I rap like I'm addicted to smack like I'm Kim Mathers. But I don't wanna go forth and back. Till my leg give out, can't shut my mouth. Till the smoke clears out, and my high. I'ma rip this shit till my bones pull out. Till the roof comes on, till the lights go out. Till my leg give out, can't shut my mouth. Till the smoke clears out, and my high. I'ma rip this shit till my bones pull out. So the last thing that came to mind from my album of the day experience is like I was only really listening to great artists in my opinion like all time great people and it made me think about all of the all time great people through the years or through my lifetime through my perception of history so far. Like uh, Lauren Hill, Michael Jackson, Prince, Amy Winehouse, Whitney Houston, Rick James, Andre 3000, Eminem, like, um, all of these people except maybe Andre 3000 and Lauren Hill had issues with drugs and had issues with isolation and had issues with toxic relationships 
And man, I was just thinking like, man, if only they could like come together and like just have each other's back and like be just like a club of dope people who keep each other in line and shit, Kanye would definitely be thrown in there because he would definitely need that. He went through a lot of the same kind of issues these people did too. And he's all time great, in my opinion. But if they could just have like a Justice League of, throw Kurt Cobain in there too, shit. Any, any of those artists that we lost like, that had issues with drugs or depression or you know, things like that. Throw them in there, man, because we would have a lot more artists and a lot more dope music, you know, if they even did that going back, starting in like the 60s, which are Jimi Hendrix and um, Janis Joplin's. Throw Elvis in there if you want to. But it's like, well, I think when you get to a certain level, you gotta have a, a some kind of brotherhood that you can relate to. Because it's definitely not easy doing it by yourself. And like having all this talent and and being the only one in your circle, like that people look up to, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of isolated. Um, and we lost a lot of good people, man, because of that. And we, the front, losing them to death and losing them to like isolation. Like people just don't want to do work. They'd rather not be that famous and get those problems. But um, I guess that's an, something admirable about uh, P. Diddy and Jay-Z. Like, they keep a bunch of celebrities around them, and I assume they hang out and hold each other down and look out for each other and hold each other accountable. Hopefully, that'll be nice. You know, we'll have a, a lot more longer-living artists um, just to advise you know, people quit making the same mistakes over and over. You know, I feel like the, the other communities do that, I think. Uh, maybe. But, you know, there's so much that we don't know about other cultures and perspectives until we, like, get that education. But I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I, I imagine that they all the ones who passed on linked up in the afterlife and have a dope club with people who passed before them but um because we always see those paintings and stuff right like other people who died them in heaven like with other people that have died you know we see it with athletes and musicians we see it all the time but like let's make these pictures you know while people are alive you know lebron james is good at doing that he gets a lot of shit for being quote unquote friendly with other athletes but shit man we're fucking people like 
you can't tell that man to not be friends. Like, it's like, oh, all these athletes are being friends and they want to play with their friends. So fucking what? Like, wouldn't you want to fucking work with your friend? If you had a choice and you and your friend were in the same field, why wouldn't you want to do that? Like, so shout out to LeBron for bringing so many, you know, like, with his shows, like the barbershop show he got. He brings people and from all over. Like, Steph Curry's good at that, too. Like, with his show that he had, um, interviewing different celebrities. That's one benefit of the internet I'll give you. Like, because I have an ongoing feud with the internet and social media. But um, it has given us a lot of interaction between celebrities. And uh, we have seen a lot of that from different podcasts and shows and stuff like that on the internet like Serge Ibaka's show where he cooks stuff and gives it to like celebrities and stuff um so it's there a little bit you know shout out to the people that that do do that um but yeah man I, I think that's a wrap for the show for today I hope we all learned something um make sure y'all check out flossdoll.com for all your dope apparel um just about to put a super dope hoodie up there um for a limited time so make sure you stay tuned for that get your discount 15 percent um on the website uh look out for more podcasts i got an upcoming podcast um with co-host coming out soon that's gonna be good um Look out for the music. Um, I played a new track in this episode. You know, I'm always working on music, so look out for that. Um, and thanks for supporting the podcast, man. Like, uh, a lot of people are rocking with it. I try to do my thing, do it when I'm inspired. Um, it definitely was a long break, but, you know, I'm going to try to get these episodes pumping out a little faster. You know, as it comes, I try. I like to try to keep it natural. But you know, you know, you gotta get the people what they want. You know, you want the floss dog ring ting ting a ding, and I'ma give you the floss dog ring ting ting a ding. That's what I'ma do. You know what I'm saying? So, the inspiration's gonna come, the situation's gonna come, and um, I'ma share it with y'all. So, holla at your boy, floss dog, no love, Frank D. I'm out.